0: for our second hour round table on America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. More talking truth about America.
1: And welcome back to America Can We Talk. And again, I'm so happy to be back on air. You know, I had a... Two weeks ago was Christmas Eve. Last week was uh, New Year's Eve, and so I did not have the opportunity. I didn't do the show live. I pre pre-recorded a couple days ahead. It's so nice to be talking with you live. So much happening in Washington. So much happening that relates to the entire purpose of this show, which is to preserve the unique, great, precious, exceptional country that is America, to recognize the many ways in which we, the patriots of this generation, have to hold on to this country, what we have to recognize as not just political issues, but actual challenges to what our country's all about. I also want to give thanks for our sponsor for this show. GC Works is a Dallas-based company that performs research and advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Thank you so very much to GC Works for sponsoring this show. And also, I want to give thanks for um, the fact that the show is, uh, is growing, and I'm so grateful for that. We're 660 AM in Dallas, where it's our home 6 to 8 p.m. It's also on in Phoenix um, at 960 The Patriot and also on in Colorado Springs which is on AM 1460 and FM 101.1 The Answer. Love, love, love talking to you every week. Okay, so we have a short segment here and I try to at the top of the second hour kind of do a cruise through the news. So the um, For tonight, our short Cruise Through the News segment, for tonight, Cruise Through the News, I'm going to hit a couple things. One is I agreed to, and this is from our, our Texas audience, but um, I want to tell you about an event you can go to, and I urge you to go to. Monday, January 22nd, there is a What Makes Texas, Texas um, event featuring Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Um, and I'm also speaking there um, just a short bit of time. And Dan Patrick's the main event. Um, and you can go to eventbrite.com. Go to eventbrite.com and just re- just put in, just search Frisco Tea Party, January 22nd. It's going to be a great event celebrating Texas and liberty, what Texas is all about. So please do uh, be sure and check that out. I'll be telling you about it every week. Love to see you there. Okay, my cruise to the news stories. And um, just very quickly, one is that you may have seen the story that President Trump had to announce this past week that he is disbanding the Voter Fraud Commission. He set up a Voter Fraud Commission and was having, it was bipartisan, Democrats and Republicans on it, looking into voter fraud in the the states and trying to gather data. The reason, the reason he had to disband the um, commission is that, Voting officials, the actual state officials, mostly in blue states, would not cooperate with the commission, would not answer their questions, would not provide data and information. Now, I say this because, you know, we've talked many times in this show about the idea that we've tried to have voter ID laws, and we've tried to have basically saying, you know, that you have to show ID to prove that you are who you say you are when you go to vote. There was, there, and I, we've had in the show, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht from True the Vote. We've had um, um, other experts uh, relating to uh, vote fraud. We seriously in this country should not even have a question on either side of the aisle about having honest elections. We should all care about that. But President Trump tried this commission and we just could not get the Democrat states essentially to cooperate. So he disbanded the commission and he said instead he's going to have the um, Homeland Security look into that. So now Homeland Security's got a new job trying to figure out voter fraud. But there's two things I want to say about that. One is that, you know, like I'm here in California, we have sanctuary cities in California. In fact, California is now a sanctuary state. We have a notion, this country that has just slithered its way, not, into the, not just into the establishment in Washington, but in people all around the country, including people in charge of the elections in their various states who think they tell Washington whether or not they'll comply with the law. They tell Washington whether or not they'll comply with immigration law. They will do their own voter registration. They are not going to be bothered with requirements from Washington. And I'm telling you, folks, there's a sense of lawlessness about this that is really, it is very, (laughs) it's a sense of lawlessness and just a sense of entitlement on some people's part to say, we decide what we want to do. We decide we don't need pictures or ID. We don't really care if you're registered. And, you know, in this, for example, in this last primary, the one that got so much attention in Alabama when they were – in fact, the general election there, when they were deciding on who was going to be um, – you know, fill that Senate seat – They had people on Facebook, on news programs saying, yeah, 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 I jumped in a car, went across state, I voted for somebody, and then I came back and I picked up my friends and they went and voted. These are people admitting they don't live in Alabama and they voted and they're not even worried. They're not even worried putting that out in the press because after all, you know, we don't have laws that really require integrity or honesty. So I thought this notion that Trump had to disband the commission because states are basically saying we don't comply with the law. Is pretty darn rotten. Okay, now I gotta tell you also I have a little problem with timing on this because I'm in California. I don't know how much time I have left in this segment. So Greg is gonna tell me in my ear how much time I have. Forty-five seconds. Okay, I just want to tell you one thing among many of the stories I could cover. President Trump has done an amazing thing relating to cutting back regulations uh, through and and the effect of it is cutting back on taxes. That when you, I tell you these numbers after our next interview, you will not believe how much money has been saved for America just because tax money, just because of cutting back and regulation. So, you can back from the break. We have another great guest joining us, Dr. Dawn Buckingham. She is in Texas and she is the GOP victory chair. We're going to talk about how the GOP wins in 2018. Don't go away.
2: Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit firstliberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now.
1: If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiades. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org.
2: America faces unprecedented threats to our national security.
1: And welcome back to America. Can we talk? I'm so glad you've tuned in. So I mentioned before the break, I didn't give, didn't have adequate time to give a good enough introduction to, but we have joining us now a Texas State Senator, Dr. Dawn Buckingham. She's actually a physician, but she's also a member of the Texas State Senate. And just to sing her praises a little tiny bit before we get into talking with her, she uh, ran in 2016. She was the first Republican from Travis County to be elected to the Texas Senate and the first woman ever elected to represent Senate District 24. This is Dr. Dawn Buckingham. And she had the great honor of being named the uh, victory chair for the GOP in Texas um, in 2018, which is a huge job. And so, one last thing was she was also elected the most valuable freshman. I guess a few other people a co thing, but most valuable freshman of the 2017 uh, session. So, Dr. Don Buckingham, hello.
4: Well, good evening, Debbie, and thank you so much for letting me be on the show with you today.
1: So glad you could join me. I appreciate that, and, and you know we were I think we were emailing back when you were running, but I'm so glad that you are uh, you just hit the ground running in the Texas State Senate. But the reason I wanna to talk to you tonight is that we are in 2018, where we have you know huge um, elections, of course, and you've been named the uh, victory chair for the Texas GOP, so first, congratulations, and then second, what does that mean? Like, what are you going to be doing to help assure a GOP victory in 2018?
4: <laughs> well, thank you on the congratulations. Um, my job is basically to be sure that every Republican on the ballot gets elected in the general election in November.
1: Oh, is so that all? yeah,
4: that's it. <laughs> yeah. So you know we are heading into a very interesting election cycle. Texas is clearly targeted. We're seeing millions of dollars from Democrats coming from outside the state. The Democrats are very organized. We've already seen what's happened in Virginia and Alabama recently, and they want Texas to be next. The Democrats want Texas to fall, and then it's going to be over my dead body. So we are we are fighting hard. We are. Working on minority outreach. We're working on um, being sure we identify our voters and get them out to vote in November. And it's a tremendous effort, so we're going to need a lot of help from everybody. We're going to need volunteers. We need financial help. Um, we're going to have, we already have a, a really good structure going. We're working very cohesively from the top to the bottom of our ballot. You know, one of the things that we saw this last election cycle was we lost pretty much every judicial race in Harris County. We lost a whole bunch in Dallas, right? you know, where you're from, and a bunch down in Bexar County in San Antonio. And so the judges mean everything. Um, You know, you can have the best legislators in place, and if you've got judges that are legislating from the bench that can change any law they want, it's a real problem. So we're focusing, you know, of course, from our congressional delegation but all the way down to our judges. And one of the main messages I want to get out is that everybody needs to vote Republican from the top to the bottom of the ballot. Every R gets a vote. It seems like it...
1: Yes, it seems like ever, ever since I've been involved in politics, and we moved to the Texas in the year 2000, and that was one of the first things, going to, you know, getting familiar in Texas and going to the uh, Dallas County GOP meetings. That was the message and mantra from time, you know, just uh, from the beginning, you've got to vote top to bottom of the ballot. And I think that's hard for people, especially people who are serious, conservative, thoughtful. They think, you know, I, want to, I don't know this person. I haven't studied his or her positions on X, Y, and Z. And you know, there's. I, I came to embrace this idea more about you have to trust the party, trust the other voters that got you, got that person on the ballot. I mean, if you want to spend the time, and it's great if you do researching every single candidate, great. But to not vote for the GOP in light of what the Democrats are trying to do, is just is very short sighted. But I think Republicans tend to do that more than Democrats.
4: I think you're you're absolutely right. So, and that's and that's one of our other big messages is. Is we need a consistency of message, our message needs to be echoing and amplifying and not distracting from each other. We're very lucky in having Governor Abbott at the top of our ticket in Texas. Um, he is very good at at polling and knowing what messages drive voters and what i'm I'm actually going to be in d c next week speaking with our congressional delegation and when I speak with you know candidates running now, you know I say once you get to the primary. You need to be looking for that consistency of message, because everything Victory does will echo and amplify everything you're doing, and it will just make Republicans stronger all across the state.
1: Yes, absolutely. And on that note, I want to mention, you mentioned Governor Abbott, who's, of course, um, Governor of Texas and a huge Republican leader and effective. There's also Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. And since I uh, have him on my mind. Again, I'm going to mention again, folks, if you're listening, there's an event in Frisco on January 22nd and it's sponsored by the Frisco Tea Party and the Republican Women of Greater North Texas. Go to Eventbrite. And I'm going to, don. I'm going to tie this back to what we're talking about, but go to Eventbrite and just just put in Frisco Tea Party and January 22nd and Dan Patrick, and up it'll come. I urge you to come to that. Because one thing I've talked with Dan Patrick a lot about, and I want to hear your thoughts about too, and again, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Dr. Don Buckingham we're speaking with, and she is a Texas state senator and also the chair of the Texas GOP Victory Fund. We don't do a good enough job as a party pointing out why when people like Texas is just, we receive so many people moving to Texas from California, from liberal states where the economy is failing and there aren't any jobs and the state's a mess. And so they come to Texas and we need to do a better job as Republicans saying, the reason Texas is so strong, independent, the reason the schools are good, the reason that the economy is good, the reason there are jobs, is the policies. We have to connect the dots between the policies Republicans put in place and the culture and economy created by it. So when people come here, come to the great state of Texas, they don't bring their bad voting habits with them. Do, do you ever talk about that with your candidates or your uh, people? men. You?
4: <laughs> so, I'm like, the reason why Texas is so great, and we are the best place in the entire country, I'm sorry for folks who aren't living in Texas, move. Come here. But um, we're so great because of our independent spirit and our conservative principles, and we cannot compromise on those. And you're exactly right. One of the biggest things we're doing in Victory is identifying the new voters moving to Texas, getting, um, especially the Republican ones, and really being sure that we're in contact with them, we're talking to them, we're letting them know about what the Republicans in Texas stand for. And, and that is a big part of our job in Victory.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I love that you're doing that, but actually, you know, I, this show is on in Arizona and Colorado, and obviously I have great listeners there, people who are solid conservatives too. One thing that helps, and this is my mantra since I began all public speaking and the radio show, my book was, everybody has a chance to be an advocate. If you get why Texas is so great, if you get what Don Buckingham is saying, or I'm saying, Take it to your, your neighborhood you know, women's club or the moms in line at Carpool. I mean, sharing the ideas that you understand politically are what helps. It's like your little, uh, you're the center and the little you know, circles going out in the pond. Every time you share something about why Texas has such a great economy, why we have so many jobs, why people want to come here, you're part of the solution. You're, so you're, and you're helping Dawn Buckingham and her job getting Republicans elected.
4: Absolutely, and you know, it was funny over the over the Christmas break. My my family and I were in Utah and Montana, um, two other good, solid red states, and um, it's just it's just fascinating seeing the the different approaches in different states. But but you're exactly right, Republicans. We've got to control our dialogue. The vast majority of the fake news and the I call them I don't even know what to call them anymore with the press, but but we've got to stand up and control our dialogue. And our message has to be the Republican Party is the party for women, diversity, and youth. We are. We are the future of the country. Um, just look at just look at the, the presidential candidates we fielded. We had African Americans. We had women. We had first, um, you know, and Bobby Jindal, Indian, running for president. And, and then look what the Democrats fielded. And yet somehow people talk about how the Democrats are all these things they're not? And so the Republicans have to stand up. We have to take control of our message. We have to tell people we are the party for youth diversity and women and how great we are in the family values and what we truly stand for. And then let's get everybody on our train and vote Republican top to bottom and start changing the world.
1: Okay, I love that. I'm taking notes swear we're talking. We're the party of youth, diversity, and women. What I usually try to talk about to people about it, is that we're the party that still loves liberty. We're the party that still yeah. thinks that actually America's founding was a darn good idea, founded on the freedom of the individual, and everyone, you know, we, we almost take it for granted in America. But if you vote for people who actually think they should control every aspect of your life— Healthcare to start with, but all, you will lose that sense of liberty in America. Um, and I, I, I love that our party, I always say we're the party of liberty. Yes,
4: like and, I, and I think you're, you're, exactly, you're exactly right about that. You know, it's, it's God's grace that gives us the liberty to per- pursue our God-given talents and, and enjoy the prosperity from that. And that is the whole core and fundamental principle
1: we stand on. I couldn't agree more, and I'll tell you, we're going to go, have to go off to a break here. But if people want to help the Texas Victory uh, uh, effort that you're, you're chairing, Dr. Don Buckingham, where do they go online?
4: You can just Google Texas Victory. You can sign up for our emails. You can donate. You can uh, get on a list to volunteer. We are we are busy. We are cooking. It's the first time that Victory has gotten started so early, and so we're going to show those Democrats Texas
1: is staying red, red. Dr. Buckingham, cannot thank you enough. Best of luck. We'll talk to you again throughout the year. Thank you so much. And folks. Thank you for all you do. Come back after the break. America, can we talk?
0: The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org.
1: That's CIS.org. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiades. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington, and unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America, and they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. Welcome back. You know what? I hope you enjoyed hearing from Dr. Don Buckingham. One thing I didn't get to say, and I want to be sure I mentioned to you, is that, you know, I I do a lot of speaking in Texas and other places, and I often say, and I really mean this, Texas and, and all the conservatives around the country in various places, what conservatives stand for the notions of limited government and the notions of personal responsibility and standing up for each individual's right to live freely and the notion of keeping government out of your lives and out of your, the details of your health care system. The whole concept of what conservatism stands for is exactly what America was founded on. It is the conservative movement, and you know we we tend to listen to all these different um, you know pundits and people who claim to be experts, and they have you know the far left and the far right and the far this, and I think in addition to everything else that conservatives need to be talking about, which I liked her point, you ha- we are the party, we are the conservatives, Republicans are the, are the party of women and minority and youth. We're the one perpetuating um, freedom for them, but. We need to be more claiming that we are the ones, are what conservatives, Republicans stand for, is the heart and soul of what America is. It is the core ideas on which America was founded. That what the American left stands for today, they're they're allowed to, it's a free country, they can run on all sorts of, but their left-wing views are not mainstream. They are not main core America. They're not main street America. It is the Republicans who stick with a conservative message, the conservatives, the Christian, you know, conservative activists, those people are actually standing for what the country was founded on. That's what we are doing. And the idea of just trying to let the media or others define, well, you know, there's somewhere in the middle, there's moderates, but you know, the far left, far right. The far left, if you include in that people who actually advocate for socialism, people who actually advocate for just the complete abandonment of border policy and one-world stuff, the people who insist on bringing more and more refugees to America without proper vetting, the people who are just all about government taking more and more of your money, more and more of your well-being, controlling more of society, these people are not on the American ballpark. They're not on the American uh, path. And we have to be willing to say more and more that that's true, that what America stands for and is is embodied in what the conservatives stand for now. It is not far right to want low taxes. It's not far right to want to have the government stay out of our health care system, except for very basic things like insisting on in honesty and transparency and things like that, but it, the the way in which we have the discussions in America today that you know we're that it's far much of what the Conservatives stand for is far right. It is not. It's mainstream hometown heartland America and that's who we are. Okay. I'm going to turn now, you know, the show, America Can we Talk, I always have, um, you know, more topics than time, but I want to be sure in this two-hour show tonight to hit and talk briefly about what's happening in the United Nations and Nikki Haley, who very well may be the first, you know, woman president. I, I would At this point, I would love to see her at some point run for president, but Nikki Haley is the, as you know, I'm sure, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. She has been stirring it up there. And I want to mention a couple things, again, because we get off on this idea that America um, is, you know, we, we've been involved in the United Nations so long. Of course we fund everything. Of course we, they have members who you know do really bad things. We never call them out. But this is part of what the election of Donald Trump brought about, which is, he doesn't play by the traditional rules. He does not. He does not go along with the well. We've always done that, so thus we'll do this. He looks at everything from the perspective of what will preserve America, what will what will help America. Because a strong America is not does not mean that you're abandoning the rest of the world. In fact, a strong America helps the rest of the world. So Nikki Haley is taking a lot of that thinking to her job as ambassador. But several things happen. I think are just really, really, really important to note. One is you probably read that you know America is cutting back on our budget that we uh, put towards the United Nations. I want to be sure that you get these numbers clear because um, you know America is cutting about 285 million dollars in um, the uh, our payments to the United Nations for the 2018-2019 UN operating budget. So we're cutting back 285 million. To be very clear. The US, and there are whatever the number, I meant to look it up, how many members are, countries are members of the United Nations. It's like 152, maybe it's 180, whatever it is. It's in that ballpark. But America's just one member. But America pays about 22% of the whole UN budget. So we're one out of whatever it is, let's say 155 is probably more countries, and yet we pay over one fifth of the budget, or roughly $1.2 billion. And we also pay almost 30% of the peacekeeping effort. So America pays a lot toward the United Nations, and part of what um, was announced was that we are cutting back on what we're paying. America's cutting back on what we're paying to the United Nations. But on top of that, which I, I think is a really good call, especially when I tell you a few things that you need to, to understand about the United Nations and, and what we're paying for, what we actually uh, do in the United Nations. So, a few little numbers for you. Um, we have, um, on the peacekeeping costs in America, the United States um, pays 28.5%, uh, which is basically $6.8 billion in the 2017-2018 uh, budget. So we're paying for these peacekeeping forces, which have been involved. The peacekeeping forces of the United Nations have been involved involved in uh, United Nations child sex rings. These are not made up stories. This is money. Your tax dollars go to Washington. We fund the U.N. They fund peacekeeping groups. And I know that peacekeeping groups are needed. But there is the point is there's no moral control over the, the United Nations and the conduct of many of its organizations and many of its activities, including the peacekeeping. For example, in Haiti. There were 134 Sri Sri Lankan, you know, Sri Lanka, the country, Sri Lankan peacekeepers exploiting children in a sex ring from 2004 to 2007. On top of that, the United Nations put the country of Saudi Arabia on the United Nations Women's Rights Commission. Saudi Arabia, where women are so repressed, where women cannot, uh, they cannot, I I think maybe recently they decided they could drive. They have no rights. Women are still required to be escorted by a man to leave their home. These people live in barbaric, dark ages uh, mentality, women do in Saudi Arabia. And the United Nations puts the country of Saudi Arabia, on the UN Women's Rights Commission. They're also on the UN Human Rights Commission. This is a country that completely disses women. And so we in America, we're agreeing to that. We're supporting that by the money we put toward them. Also, the the notion of our money in it going toward the United Nations when they have, and you know I saw a, a sermon or a speech by um, the Dallas pastor, Robert Jeffress, and he just basically said the United Nations is anti-Semitic. And folks, when you recognize the number of countries that are Arab, Muslim, majority, who pretty much all hate Israel, hate Jewish people, will not support Israel's right to even exist and yet they're equal members with our with America in that uh, in that entity but i'll tell you some of the examples of why america should take a firmer stand in with respect to the united nations just last year the united nations issued 21 resolutions some co- sort of denouncement resolutions against israel 21 And only, guess the number against the whole rest of the world put together. So 21 United Nations resolutions denouncing Israel, and the whole rest of the world all put together, six. Six. And so the idea that we are uh, reigning in our involvement in the United Nations, or the idea that we're standing firmer against the United Nations and some of their conduct, I think is a a breath of fresh air. It's like we're finally making policy based on truth and facts instead of based on well, we've always done it this way. We don't want to be rude. We don't want to say anything that might offend somebody. So we're just not going to say what we really think. These are crazy things. United Nations needs a general, huge shakeup. They need to get the message from the sane world, which is pretty much America and a few other ones, that we're not going to continue humoring this kind of idiocy. And so the idea that we have the United Nations, you know remember I was and if you're tuned in to the star of the show, I was talking about how, you know, this, this crazy professor from Yale is trying to say that Trump is crazy. This is among the kind of things she points to, that when America stands up for things like let's talk a little truth about Saudi Arabia on the Human Rights Council, talk a little truth about the peacekeeping forces, that, 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 that we're doing the talking truth. And that's the sign of somehow Trump being out of tra- off track instead of it being a sign that someone's got their head on straight. Okay, guys, zip off to a break. Come right back. I'm going to run through a bunch of new stuff uh, related to new laws in California. Don't go away.
2: On August 2nd, 2006, Debbie Lee was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed, becoming the first Navy SEAL to lose his life in Iraq. She had no choice about the news that was given to her, but she did have a choice how she responded. In response to her son's amazing last letter, she founded America's Mighty Warriors to honor the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Whether America's Mighty Warriors is hosting retreats for families of the fallen, helping heroes heal who are struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, providing relaxation at the Heroes' hope home, stepping in when an injustice is committed, or doing random acts of kindness. As Mark mentioned in his letter, they know the price of freedom and who pays it. Our troops and families of the fallen need your support. Visit americasmightywarriors.org today to learn more. That's America's americasmightywarriors.org. There's a lot of talk
5: today among media and academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers? It's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield.
2: Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit firstliberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's firstliberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now.
1: And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I always say it's the fastest two hours of my week. I love doing this show every week. I love talking to all of our listeners. I love the emails I get. And again, I'll tell you, you can email me uh, at AmericaCanWeTalk at gmail.com. It's AmericaCanWeTalk at gmail.com. We also have a 24-hour studio hotline. You can recall any time, is this the system that Larry Elder uses? I'm pretty sure. But if you call 214-556-5659, you can leave questions or comments. I do actually play them during the show. I also want to mention, before I launch into a little more about the United Nations, I want to mention, um, again, the Dan Patrick event. If you're in Texas, if you're one of our Texas listeners, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick event on January 22nd, and you can go to Eventbrite, put in Frisco Tea Party, Dan Patrick, and up it'll come. There's no charge to go to the event, but you have to have a ticket to get in. Um, I also want to mention that I'm going to start doing a podcast from home. I love doing this show. And actually I've I've discovered that a lot of these segments of the show that I do on the same show that i'm doing now on radio if you're listening on radio um i do it's send out on facebook live and facebook live seems to get um some more different people listening and from other states and so i'm going to begin another podcast a, during the week america can we talk during the week it's going to be the first one will be wednesday january 24th starting at three o'clock it's going to be at least once a week but for now we're starting wednesday january 24th when i'm back in the gray state of texas a once a week podcast so put it on your calendar love to have you tune in then to and listen. Okay. And so, and I have to tell you that, you know, my background, my husband and our background is we're both lawyers. We met in a law firm years ago. You know, if you told me at that point, or the years I chose to stay at home as a full-time mom, uh, that I would have a radio show, I would have thought, you know, I don't even really know what you're talking about. But this radio show is my political activism. It's the The purpose of the show, it is not to entertain, it's not to become, you know, famous, it's not to be, it it is entirely political activism on my part about America to preserve this unique, precious, profound experiment in God-given liberty and the whole notion of a country based on, as it recited in the beginning of the Declaration of Independence, that individuals, we each have rights simply because we were born. And that notion of having rights because we were born is a just profound and unique basis on a founding of a country and it requires every generation of patriots to to defend it, to speak up for it, to to protect it. And so my big mission is always to preserve and I use the expression the building blocks of America, you know, to preserve the rule of law. That's why it matters so much that President Obama just started making law from the White House about DACA and many other things. It's not just that I happen to disagree with this policy. It's that you're undermining the core of America, one of the core building blocks of America, which is rule of law. And there are dozens and dozens of these kind of things. Okay. So back to the UN, I will tell you, and also if you are just tuning in, I'm doing this show from California. And so now I actually, again, don't have clarity on my timing. Um, but okay, we're just going to roll along until Greg talks in my ear and says, hey, 10 seconds. But anyway, um, I, on the UN, I wanted to mention something else that I love about President Trump and about Nikki Haley as the ambassador to the U.N. from America, which is Nikki Haley raised in the Security Council both the protests in Iran, which are monumentally important. In fact, next week on our show, we're going to have a fabulous expert explaining to us you know, the, the scope, the depth, the meaning, the goal of these protests, because really what we're seeing in Iran is a resurgence of the spirit of the Iranian people, the desire for freedom and they, they're they tired of being repressed by the mullahs. They're tired of Islamic extremism, controlling their country. And this is a re- very refreshing thing. You know, it happened back in 2009, I think it was, when the Green Revolution happened. And at that time, President Obama really took the side of the mullahs, of, of the Muslims, instead of the side of the people. But in this time, Trump, President Trump and others in his administration have signaled, we support the people. They're tired of repression. So this is what Nikki Haley did as an ambassador to the U.N. Two things I want to mention about that. One was she was criticized or she was approached at the U.N. Uh, by the Russian envoy, whose name is Vasily N- Nibenzia, um, who basically told her she should that it was an internal affair in Iran and, and it was none of the U.N.'s business. I'm sorry. If the U.N. has an organization does not care that people live under repression, then what good are they? I mean, what good is the UN if they think it's fine for people to live the way you must live in Iran? So anyway, she ignored him, went on away. The other one was, though, the Iranian foreign minister, Mohammad Javid Zarif, tweeted, after, uh, after Nikki Haley brought this up at the UN, he, this uh, Iranian foreign minister, wrote on Twitter that the Security Council rebuffed the U.S. naked attempt to hijack its mandate. Um, And he said the majority of the council emphasized the need to fully implement the 2015 nuclear deal. Again, with the nuclear deal, the Iranians go back to this. They want the U.N. and the countries in the U.N. to support the Iranian deal struck by President Obama Along with a few other countries, with Iran, which in essence is what gave the Iranian people, the Iranian government rather, nuclear, uh, it, it authorized their development of nuclear weapons. I understand that the goal, the stated goal, was to stop the development of nuclear weapons, but the way the deal was written, as many international and national security experts pointed out at the time, the Iranian deal was a farce. It was a means to enable the Iranians to develop nuclear weapons. The inspection procedures did not allow the inspectors to go to the main places where of course nuclear weapons are being built. And we gave uh, the Iranians, who cares if it was their money or not, gave them billions of dollars. And so now we have a, the Iran, the number one largest terror exporting country in the world, emboldened by the US, paid by the US, provided with nuclear fuel by the US. And on top of all that, On top of all that the baldness the boldness the right in your face attitude of these people this guy from iran the iranian foreign minister Mohammad javid zarif who's tweeting out basically mocking the idea that america's concerned because we have people in iran all over the country all over the country in big cities and small towns rising up against their government and this guy is so emboldened by the uh, by the attitude of America that he feels perfectly fine mocking Nikki Haley for trying to point this out. We, in the past eight years in this country, under President Obama, emboldened the worst in the world, emboldened the worst. And the idea that President Trump comes along and says, you know, we're not doing this anymore. We're not paying for the UN when they do all sorts of things that are inconsistent with the values of America. In fact, President Trump may actually be uh, deciding, This is I don't know if it's out yet, but they're talking about deciding that we're not going to remain part of the Iranian deal. We're going to withdraw. It was never a treaty anyway within the meaning of American law. It was never a treaty. And maybe this is another example. I tell you, folks, I've told you many times I was not a Trump supporter in the primary, but... His boldness in standing up for the ideas that America says they care about is profound. His boldness in doing pretty much on his own so much for the American people, so much for the goodness of America, without the help—I might add—of the um, of most GOP members in the Washington in Washington in the House and the Senate. Okay, one other thing about Trump, I want to tell you, and I didn't get to this, and I'm cruising through, but I really I think this is a great thing. And I know that numbers are hard, but I swear I'm going to make it easy. The basic point I want you to take home about what President Trump is doing. You know, we passed a tax bill, finally a huge tax cut, not good enough. I agree with people who say, could have done more, blah, blah. What President Trump essentially has been involved in is a little-noticed war on hidden taxes. He's essentially declared war on the regulatory state. And sometimes when you hear people talking about regulation, You might think it just means, oh, big companies have some onerous regulation that relates to their manufacturing or their marketing or something. You think it's regulation. Somehow it's big businesses, but doesn't matter to you. But actually, regulation matters to the average Joe in America, the average me and the average you. Here's just a little bit of data about that and what President Trump has done. The American Enterprise Institute uh, person named Jim I cannot pronounce his last name, but he sounds like a good Greek. Uh, My last name is George Addis. Uh, Jim Pethokoukos pointed out in a recent study that the past 50 years, 50 years of federal regulation, federal regulation, have reduced the GDP, the gross domestic product, the basic measure of our economy's health, by roughly 2% points a year, or nearly $40 trillion dollars. And the impact of a bigger budget and a more robust American economy blesses everyone from the wealthiest to the poorest. It makes America a more fundamentally prosperous society. Instead of the US economy growing by just over 3% since World War II, it would have grown by over 5% a year. Or put another way, without all the regulation of the past 50 years, our economy would be about four times larger than it is today. So what President Trump has done, and I I could go on and on, but I'm gonna run out of time. Greg's here trying to tell me how much time I really have left. Greg, how do I have? One minute, okay. Less than a minute. Fine. Okay. we got to wrap it up here, folks. But I want to encourage you, go to the org website, read this article about the immense changes made to the American economy by the reduction of regulation under President Trump, which will end up helping you, me, and everyone. So, folks, we're at the end of the show. I want to urge you to follow me on Twitter at Talk. Go to our Facebook page, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. In fact, on a Facebook page, America Can we Talk? Become part of our conversations. We talk about every conceivable issue. We have comments from all sorts of people. You can email me at AmericaCanWeTalk.org. I love. I mean, excuse me, at AmericaCanWeTalk at Gmail.com. Email me. Talk about the issues. This whole show is dedicated to love of America, support and defense of America, to preserve this country. For the next generation, and I'm Debbie Georgiatis, America Can We Talk. Come back next week.
0: Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to americacanwetalk.org. America Can We Talk, Truth About America.